And so I always feel like, Lily, I get so lucky in life. Like I got so lucky to go to that rehab. I got so lucky to go to that foster home because I got to see how a family worked. And, and part of my story is this survivor's guilt, right? Hello, you are listening to NPE Stories. This is a podcast where NPEs can share their story. I am your host, Lily, and I found out I was an NPE through an ancestry DNA test that changed my life forever. NPE is a term that stands for not parent expected or non-paternal event. This means that one or more of our parents are not who we believe them to be. NPE Stories is a podcast where NPEs can share their story of what their original family was like, how they found out they were an NPE, and what their journey has been like since the day they found out. Welcome to episode 126. I'm going to introduce my guest right off the bat because some of the resources I wanted to share at the beginning of this episode involve Don. So Don, hi Don. Hi, Lily. Thank you for doing this with me today. Oh, my God. Thank you for doing it at all. It's been so amazing. <laughs> the journey, that the my personal journey is like, you know, w- the only thing that got me through the beginning of it was this podcast. So I thank you from the bottom of my heart. I think my neighbors used to think <laughs> that I was, oh, there goes that guy that cries all the time, walks yeah. around and listening oh. to it. <laughs> Because I would just hear your podcast and just letting people tell their story. And I, you know, some you could relate to more than others. And it would just my, you know, it would Mm -hmm. really, it was really moving. And I really helped me process it more than anything. So thank you. Yes, I, I too, I have a, I, with some of these stories, I have a box of Kleenex right here. Because I'm just listening to people when they, when they share what they've been through. I'm just, you know, either heartbroken or or have a warm heart, depending on on what they've been through. I get it. I get it completely. We just spent some time together two days ago. That was Don. That was wonderful. We you have a podcast, and you interviewed me and a few other amazing women. Um, I had a really good time. I had such a good time. Thank you for doing that. Well, thank you. You guys were all so amazing. Really. Okay, tell us the name of your podcast. It is Missing Pieces, NPE Life is the subtitle. And (laughs) after a couple episodes, my wife was like, you know, you really should name it Missing Pieces. Because like two episodes, someone in the episode mentions a missing piece. So So I changed it. Missing Pieces, NPE Life. It's available on all all the podcasting platforms all the way all the places you can find them yes and and you just interviewed me eve sturgis of everything's relative uh the podcast everything's relative with eve sturgis erin cosentino who is well she's involved in a couple things in the npe world um how would you say she's like the facilitator of the high wraith hope and healing retreats and she's also the Facebook admin, the moderator for what's the name of her group? Togetherness. Um, together, togetherness heals NPE only. NPE only. Yep. I'm and I'll I'm speaking fast, so I will put these links in the show description. And also you had on Gina 
or doctor, she's a doctor now, Dr. Gina Daniels, who's probably the first person ever to write her dissertation on NPEs. I'm I'm guessing. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. And I didn't know she was a doctor. We have to do that whole episode again <laughs> to address her correctly. <laughs> it ju- yeah, that just happened. I believe she just got her PhD. And um, oh, oh, and she's also the writer at npeguide.com with Richard Wenzel. So I will post all those links to all those amazing people. But I, I wrote on your Instagram today, Don, I don't know if you know, but I was like, you know, it's a good time when you both laugh and cry in one hour because that's what we did. Yeah, it was nice looking at the waveforms of the laughter of you guys when I had, a, you know, when I was editing. Okay, so we're going to hear your story today and anything else you want to share. I know you've done some NPE data collection along the way. You are... Um, a documentary filmmaker, you have a podcast, you do lots of things. And 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 you're friends with even real life too, right? Aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. We've known each other. I mean, we're not like hang out friends, but acquaintances. We used to see each other quite regularly and she was friends with my wife. And um and then um I know things changed and we started going to different social outlets and haven't seen her as much, but um, but yeah, I mean, I would totally call her a friend. <laughs> I just don't hang out with her. Yep, she's she's my friend too. I know s- some people. Yes, yeah, she's a host of Everything's Relative, and um, some people were were saying, "Oh, two different podcast hosts," but we have completely different tones. She's actually funny. She's an actual therapist. <laughs> I'm neither of those <laughs> things. <laughs> okay, so. Let's listen to Don's story today. I did not read your story. I did not listen to the clip you gave me. I'm sorry. I wanted to go in cold. <laughs> no, I'm sometimes cold. that's good because then, you know, there's no shorthand between us and your audience will get, you know, the full story because if you don't understand it, they won't. Exactly. That's exactly what I what I do. All right. So let's start with your family of origin or wherever you want to start. Okay. So, you know, I recently started therapy with an MPE therapist. <laughs> Before we started, I literally did like a um, diagram of my family because it's so complicated. I, I don't expect anybody to follow along <laughs> in terms of the details. But I, so I, let's start out. I was born in Iowa, a state where I've never lived. And I say that because we lived in this place called the Quad Cities, which it straddles the river in Illinois and Iowa. So I lived on the Illinois side, but my doctor was in Iowa. My dad's from Iowa. He was born on, you know, he was raised on a farm. I'm the first generation off the farm. He's total Scandinavian, you know, 50% Swedish, 50% Norwegian. He actually, my sister did, after all this happened, a DNA test on him. And he is probably sixth generation, seventh generation. They came over in 1850. He is... 98% Scandinavian. Like for that many generations in America, (laughs) that's pretty amazing. I'm actually pretty proud of that. Um, Those Iowa people don't get around too far. (laughs) (laughs) My parents were divorced when I was five. They were separated when I was four. And my dad told me when I was 12 that they got divorced because my mom was cheating on him. You know, I've never talked to her about that. So I'm just saying it, you know, it's what he told me. You know, so we lived, 
like I said, in the Midwest. And But my mom was from Arkansas. They had met when he was in the Air Force in this town called Blytheville, Arkansas. It's pronounced Blavel if you're from there. Um, but that's where they met. And then I was actually conceived in Arkansas, but then he got out of the Air Force and they moved there and I was born there. But my sister was born in Arkansas. So I had a sister two years older than me, almost to the day, like, you know, one year, 11 months and 19 days kind of thing. My dad quickly remarried and he married a woman named Sandy who had two kids of her own. And so I had two stepkids. And as we grew older, we kind of didn't really use step when we talked about each other because we were together at such a young age. I was five and um, my younger sister, Julie, was three at the time. So, you know, she barely remembers life without us. So, um, and so then rest of my childhood, for the most of it, I would go to school in Arkansas and then uh, come to Illinois for the summer. And um, so, and then I'll just say now to get it all out of the way with the kids, <laughs> each of my parents went on to have another kid with their second marriage. So I got two half sisters that way. So, so I grew up in two different households really. And in Arkansas, we were poor. Uh, my mom worked always though. I have to give her that. I mean, she was a waitress at a diner on main street. It's like a Tom Waits song. And, um, and, but she always worked, and I'm very proud of the fact that she did that. You know, we lived in trailer parks and projects. You know, we moved a lot. I, I've only gone to the same school. I only went to the same school maybe, I think I figured it up once, two years of my whole school career that I went to the same school all year. And a lot of those was I went back to a school I'd previously gone to, so it wasn't all new schools. But I kind of got addicted to being the new kid in school. Real quickly, um, so my dad married a woman who I I loved and I know she loved me, um, but she had a mental illness. And I mean, it wasn't apparent at first, but as we got older, there was lots of suicide attempts in and out of mental hospitals, shock treatments. Um, you know, we were that house on the block that, you know, there was always cops and ambulances. And uh, my dad, I think at some point during that time, he, he crossed over into being an alcoholic and he was total people pleaser. When he's sober, like if you catch him on that second or third beer, like you could get whatever you want. But anytime after that, you were playing dice with whether you would get an explosion. And he was a big guy. It was scary. And he would just total rage, especially if he was drinking whiskey. It was, it was scary. So that was that household. Meanwhile, in Arkansas, my mom married this st stupidest redneck she could find who had no right to be around kids. He was much younger than my mom. Um, the first time she took us to meet him, she took us to the local jail because he was in jail. He was a trustee. He could come out. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh. this is where we're starting, huh? Um, and he was, you know, there was abuse, you know, sexual abuse. He, like, literally drilled a hole from his their bedroom into the bathroom so he could watch us. And nobody talked about it, right? Like all of a sudden yeah. there's this hole in the friggin' wall that everybody must have known what it was for. And somebody, I'm sure it was my sister, put some 
you know, toilet paper in there to stuff it up. But it was just that kind of thing. No one talked about it. And when I finally started dealing with my part, you know, my um, therapy and stuff for my childhood, I mentioned it to my mom about the, you know, his shenanigans. And, and she was like, why didn't you tell me? And I said this in my head. I didn't say it out loud because you don't say that kind of thing to my mom. But I, in my head, I was like, why didn't you open your fucking eyes? Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, anyway. So that was my childhood. And he was a total sex addict. He hit on everybody. My girlfriend's like a 12-year-old girlfriend. He hit on everybody's mom. He just was, um, and he was an idiot on top of it. It's so funny because when when I go, when I do go to therapy, like therapists love me. Like you come in with a childhood like that, <laughs> they're like rubbing their hands together, like oh my god, this is a good one. Um, got a, and he's willing to talk about it. So that's kind of my childhood. And you know, as I got older, I wanted, I always wanted to live with my dad, always. Um, and so when I was seventh grade, I kind of switched and went to live with my dad. And and you know, and by then. Um, you know, I was kind of doing my thing as a, you know, as they say in the Midwest, a partier. Um, that's all I wanted to do. Um, but, you know, so so my childhood in terms of, like, I'm in a in, um, 12-step recovery. And part of my pitch has always been my story is that, and I, I mean, I shared this a couple months before I found out about the MP. Like, that I used to sit around and think. Someone's made a huge mistake here because I do not belong with these people. And I always had that feeling. And and so I've, I've kind of tried to like um, just focus on that a little bit and, and kind of get in touch with what I was really feeling then. And it's, it's kind of hard because how I dealt with my childhood is that I didn't have feelings. But, um, but I think it was about like I was good at sports. Nobody else was. I was really good in school. Like I won spelling bee when I was in fifth grade at my school, went to the county, lost in the word sermon. <laughs> Never heard that word. <laughs> like, what is that word? <laughs> and um, the, but I had a photographic memory. So, um, but you know, it was just in even, like I said, like I, I always felt like a fluke. Like, you know, I, and I don't like saying, how, you know, that I was smarter, right? Because I just, like, I didn't do anything to earn that, right? It's not like I did anything. I was just born that way. But I was smarter than both of my parents. And it was just, and it's like, it doesn't make sense, right? It just doesn't make sense. And it was like, always, like, I just felt like such a fluke. And not in a good way, really. Like, it, you know, like, part of it was, why me? So, like I said, I was kind of partier got into a lot of trouble first time i was arrested i was 12 um i was i I don't like saying bad kid like i wasn't violent or anything i just did what the hell i wanted and nobody could stop me i was out of control that's a better word um i um you know but but part of it too is like i was smoking in front of both sets of parents when i was 13 like, think about that, Lily. You have kids. <laughs> I don't know where they are in age, but. I like, have a 13-year-old. Can you imagine letting him smoke in front of you? No way. I mean, it's insane. It really is insane. But part of it was I kind of presented older because I had this brother, you know, my stepbrother who's four years older than me, who was my hero. 
So I had long hair like him. I had whiskers like him. I looked a lot older than I was. And so, you know, I think part of it was with my dad anyway, is that he was treated younger because of me, but I was treated older because of him, if that makes sense. They kind of just lumped us together mm-hmm. as the boys. Um, so anyway, I, so at 16, it all came to a head. I got into a bunch of trouble and uh, I had a probation officer and she was like, well, you could probably go to treatment, you know, rehab, which was pretty new. This was in 82. Um, like there, w- there wasn't a lot of rehab going on and, or you could, you're probably going to have to go to juvie for a little bit. Cause I mean, I got into a lot of trouble um, for stealing, you know? Um, and then, so I chose treatment and my life changed. I stayed there nine months and my life absolutely changed. Um, you know, I started going to meetings. I, um, I just had a spiritual awakening and I became a different person and so grateful, so grateful because my life has changed so much since then. Um, and so actually after I got out of the treatment center, so when I went to court, finally, I was like the <laughs> this is going to sound so braggy. I, went, I was kind of like the star of the treatment center. It was obviously that I wanted to change and I had changed and I wanted to have a better life. And so when I went to court, it was like I got like a year's probation, but they made me a ward of the state, uh, which meant the state of Illinois had custody of me. My parents didn't. And so when I got out of the treatment center, my probation officer, my counselor insisted that I go into a foster home. And and I did, and they were amazing. Like, I got so lucky, Lily. So this woman, whew, I don't know if I could talk about this without crying. This woman, who was the mom at the foster family, she grew up in total alcoholism. Her mom was a total alcoholic. She in and out of foster homes. Um, her mom, she felt she never had a mom. And then her mom went into AA. She had wet brain though. She went to AA. And so for the last year and a half, this woman had her mom back and then she died. And she was so grateful to AA. She went looking for a kid that was trying to get sober to come live with them. And they had this like beautiful house out in the country, like five acres with motorcycles and horses. I mean, we did a lot of work there. Her <laughs> my foster dad was like, you work on Saturdays. That's what you do. You work with the family, whatever. But I loved it. I needed it all. They had dinner together every night, like stuff I was not used to. They actually tell a joke that when <laughs> the first night I was there, they had this big dinner and I was like, oh, guys, you didn't have to do this for me. <laughs> and they were all laughing like, because they did it every night. Oh. And so I would, you know, and so I always feel like, Lily, I get so lucky in life. Like, I got so lucky to go to that rehab. Um, I got so lucky to go to that foster home because I got to see how a family worked. And, um, you know, in in part of my story is the survivor's guilt, right? So I'll skip ahead a little bit just to make a point. But we, a couple years ago, all five of the siblings I grew up with at my dad's, we're together for the first time in 20 years, maybe 25 years, uh, mostly because somebody was in prison and somebody, you know, had had a crack problem for a while. 
or drug problem. I don't know if it was always crack, but um, so we were together and someone <laughs> made the mistake and said, we were talking about my dad. Well, you always put food on the table. And I got so angry and I was like, that's not true. Like I broke into people's houses to eat. Like, you know, he did a lot of things right. And he worked, you know, he never missed a day of work, but he, there was not always food in that fridge. And, and I said, so to, to make my point, I said, you know, when I, I got put into a foster home because the state of Illinois didn't want me to come back here. And my youngest sister, my half sister just kind of got all teared up and was like, and they just left the rest of us there. And it's like, yeah, like, you know what I mean? It's just like out of everything from my childhood, that's what I have the worst time dealing with because I just feel so guilty, but grateful at the same time. You know what I mean? It's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a difficult thing for me. You know, so after I got sober, I kind of grew away from my family of origin and, and, you know, and I'll just say this. I was a horrible brother, right? Like I forgot birthday. I was that guy. I moved away as far as I could. I didn't come back for the holidays. I literally, you know, so I wasn't estranged, but I just wasn't around. And it was my choice totally. And so I don't want to like blame them for anything about that. Um, You know, but something else happened when I was 16 that I want to talk about because it was really important in my life. Um, We went I, th- I think I was on pass from rehab and my uncle and aunt had my dad's brother. He had three brothers had moved close to where we lived. And so we went to visit like a Sunday visit and on his wall, he had this family tree. Somebody had traced the family back to the guy that came over from Norway. His name was Ole Arneson Grandgard, And he came over in 1850 and like, I fell in love with that family tree. I was like, oh my God, this is where I came from. Like, I, I, you know, I'm sure (laughs) as a lot of us find out our MPE status from our love of genealogy, genealogy. And, and so, you know, I'm sure a lot of people can relate, but I just, oh my God, I, you know, I asked him for a copy and, and I got one. I know over the years I've had to get a couple because (laughs) I moved around a lot. When in my twenties, but um, that was always with me, and I would get it out and and read it once in a while, and I knew where he was, blah blah blah. So I mean, I knew I would look on the map where the town was, that kind of thing. Four, so I was so it was twenty one, almost twenty two years ago. I went to Norway. Specifically, I had met somebody in recovery, a guy there that you know I, I liked, and we hung out and. Um, you know, he showed me around Norway, and, and and then I went on up to this little town called Gul, G-O-L, where our family was from. And wasn't easy, but I found the family farm that they sold. And it was so amazing to me and so special. And I found this guy there that, you know, in each community in Norway, they have this thing. Um, I think it's called Community Book is the translation. I may be wrong about that. but. Um, but he wrote this book. So basically in this area, he wrote the book about every family that ever lived there and what happened to them. And you could look in there and cross-reference and find out who your things are. So I actually met him and he took me, um, in, like we found, 
he took me to a, a cabin. I was at a house at the time, I guess, but this log cabin kind of thing that was built in the 1700s where one of my ancestors lived. And it was just, I mean, oh my God, it was such a, it really was a spiritual journey. Like I loved everything about Norway. I, you know, I, I walked around like, oh my God, everybody looks like me. This is my home. These are my people. Like I met this, you know, not, you know in my particular situation, guy that came over on the boat, Oli, he had two brothers. One of them stayed in Norway and never had kids. And the other one f- followed him to America, went to South Dakota instead of Iowa. But, um, but so I don't have any relatives from that sibling that stayed over there. But he, this guy, Terry, found relatives from, you know, our common ancestor was like in 1780s or something like that. <laughs> so I'm probably more related to my next door neighbor or, or, <laughs> or anybody. But, uh, but anyway, I met them and their mom made me lefsa and spent the evening with them and had dinner and it was, it was amazing. But I was like, oh my God, she's my cousin. She looks like me. Like there was a lady my age there where they're same generation. Like we both love maps. <laughs> it was just that thing. But anyway, so, you know, that's the, the Norway thing. And, but, you know, since then, like on Christmas um, dinner, we have Norwegian meatballs. Like that's what we have at my house. I make Christmas lefso. It sucks. I'm, <laughs> I wish I made lefso better. Any of you Norwegians out there, give me a recipe because I, I try. I got to get the kit. I don't have the kit, the lefso kit. Um, but, you know, I root for Norway and soccer, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like I so in touch with my Norwegian roots. I have a Norwegian flag hanging on my window or on my office wall at home. And um, flash forward, it was probably around that same time I went to Norway, maybe. I don't know. It feels like the same time frame. My older sister, Tammy, um, we, there were rumors going around that she wasn't my dad's child that my mom was pregnant when she met my dad and somebody he was drunk my dad and heard him telling my grandma um my step-grandma actually and and then they kept it a secret until they got drunk 20 years later (laughs) or whatever and so it came out and it was obviously true my mom Someone got my dad to admit it. We were all calling each other. This was before texting or any of that. And um, and then my mom, I talked to her and I said, Mom, if you don't tell her, I'm going to tell her because somebody needs to tell her. And so meanwhile, my mom asked for my dad's number. They hadn't talked in 20 years, 30 years, 40 years at the time. I have no idea. But or couldn't. Have. Anyway, it doesn't matter, Don. Um so she asked for his number. They talked, and then my dad changed the story to it wasn't true. But meanwhile, I had spoke to Tammy, and she said, if it is true, I don't want to know. And so at the time, I was like, who am I? She just said she doesn't want to know. Just drop it. So I dropped it. Everybody dropped it. And then, you know, at some point during my life, you know, I moved out to L.A., blah, 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 you know. Married to a wonderful woman, blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> I don't mean to gloss over that because she, <laughs> she really is wonderful and we have wonderful kids and all that. Um, so I'm so bad with time, Lily. Like I'll say, oh, that was six months ago. My wife, or I'll say, that was three weeks ago. My wife will say, Don, it was eight months ago. <laughs> it was last July. Like I have the worst timing 
like mm-hmm. like memory for time. But anyway, mm-hmm. so at some point, I want to guess six years ago, I, you know, really wanted to get in touch with my Norwegian roots more. So, you know, the DNA, DNA tests were coming around. So I did research at the time. And <laughs> for some reason, I did FT DNA, family tree DNA. Which has like What's, ten people on it. <laughs> I don't think I've heard of this one. Exactly, no one does it, and so I don't know why. But I'm, I'm a researcher, Lily, and at the time, it seemed like the best bet to finding relatives and stuff. I wanted to find more relatives in Norway or something, you know. I just was really into the Norwegian thing, so it's called Family Tree DNA, and I think it was actually one of the first. But it just, you know, it's in Utah, like the rest of them, I think. But it just never took off. Um, was it still the spit kit? Or cheek swab. I think it was a swab. Mm. Okay. But yeah, but it was definitely they sent you something and you sent it back. So so I got the results from that. And first of all, this closest relative was, you know, second to fourth cousin, right? Because there's nobody on there. And so that wasn't exciting at all. But and and it said, if I remember right, thirty seven percent Scandinavian, they lumped them together. And you know, that's plausible, right? You know, I know it's never exactly 50-50, so it's plausible. Like, I can still say I'm half Scandinavian because my – so my, I think I mentioned this. My, I, I'm equally Norwegian and Swedish, or I thought I was. Um, but I just always have um, felt the Norwegian part more for whatever reason. So, you know, I could still say I'm half Scandinavian, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, it was boring because, you know, there's nothing else to do on there if you're not related to anybody remotely. Like, and so, but I would check in every once in a while. And then the Scandinavian thing started going down, you know, and I think we all know that those percentages can change. I think, uh, I think they've stabilized. I don't know if that's true or not, but, um, but I want to say a couple years in, I was 5% Jewish, which I was really excited about, actually. I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, oh, my God. And as I, like, spent – I had done my family tree on Ancestry, right? So I paid for Ancestry, but I never done my DNA through there. And so I had done my family tree on there um, and went back as far as I could. And so I was pouring through that on both sides looking for the, you know, the the – the Jewish thing and couldn't find it and disappointed. And then I checked back six months later or whatever, and the Jewish thing's gone and the Scandinavian thing has dropped to like 20%. And I'm like, what the, like, obviously this test, they have no idea what they're doing. Right. And, and I feel like had the Jewish thing not disappeared right when the Norwegian thing went down, like if the Jewish thing wasn't there, I would have maybe second guessed the Norwegian thing or the Scandinavian thing. But I don't know. It just it was like on that Fakakta test, you know, like they don't know what they're talking about. And so I didn't look on there a while. And then a couple of years go by and I, you know, look at it again and it's down to 4% Scandinavian. And then I was like, oh, this fucking test. Excuse my language. This <laughs> test. Like you know the heck with this test you know they don't know what they're talking about somebody got <laughs> as always in my family somebody got drunk and started some shit and told tammy you're not even your dad's daughter right and 
that opened up that whole thing again. And for some reason, my parents admitted it this time and said, you know, that my dad knew about it. My mom was pregnant when they met. <laughs> Can you imagine that first date? <laughs> Gosh. Um, but um, so they were, you know, and, and he did. He raised her as his own, like, it, it, which gives me insight to what he would have done with me. Although, I, I, you know, we'll get to that. I was a little different story. So she started. So my mom gave her a name. I'll, I'll say now. So we're not all in suspense <laughs> that it was a false name. And so Tammy, for a year and a half, maybe, struggled trying to find this Glenn Robinson, I think the name was, that didn't exist. And I was like, I'm really good at research. And I, I don't know if I'm really good. I'm just obsessed. If I get obsessed about something, I will figure it out. Um, go down the rabbit hole so dark and never come out for error. And um, until I figure it out, but the, um, but she just couldn't figure it out. And, and, and so I was helping her a little bit from time to time and, and, and couldn't find anything. And, you know, she would ask my mom from time to time, you know, are you sure about this name? And, uh, absolutely. So during that time she had done 23 and me, she didn't get any close relatives at all. Um, I, you know, I, I guess I don't have to go into that details of what she ended up getting, what turned out to be a half niece, you know, so it was pretty high percentage, um, but couldn't figure it out. And, um, and the woman wouldn't answer her. And so finally, <laughs> during this process, I said, Tammy, do you want me to help you? Like, if you give me your sign in, I'll help you. And so she did. And I found her biological dad within like a week um and i'd like i harassed this woman who was her half niece. i like found out you know you can find anything with newspaper.com and ancestry if you were you know subscribed to those two things you can find out almost anything about anybody and i um found out her husband was a you know he was a teacher and he got promoted to dean of students and i like went on the school website and figured out the email, you know, if it was first name dot last name or first initial dot last name, I figured out what the email was and I emailed him and told him. So anyway, I stalked her and she turned out to be really sweet and she um, put us in touch with her mom and her mom ended up doing a DNA test and she was Tammy's half sister. Although she still wasn't sure who her dad was because she was told that it could have, her dad wasn't her dad after he was born or after he was dead who she thought was an uncle said, I'm really your dad, which is kind of weird. And, and the woman I have to say is an unreliable narrator. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like stories changed, you know? So mm -hmm. anyway, but we knew she had the half sister. We knew it was one of these two guys and we figured out blah, blah, blah. And since then I found two other half siblings of her. Um, I just found recently two of them. Um, Cause I went down the rabbit hole again. Um, but anyway, so, during that process of the 23andMe, I'm like, you know what, Tammy? It'll be easier if I do 23andMe. That way we can have something to compare it to. Oh, I almost forgot. Before I go there, this was that thing that was out of order. So at that reunion that I was talking about, where the first time we'd all been together in 25 years, um, we all went out to dinner. And then Tammy had to go to work the next day. So she went home and the, me and the other three went down to the river, the Mississippi River, which I loved. And, you know, I was smoking a cigar. They were smoking cigarettes and drinking a beer. And I um, 
I um, I had had cancer, prostate cancer, and I hadn't told them yet. And so I just wanted to tell them. And it's all good now. So, um, um, you know. Wow. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to tell them. And so we had been talking about Tammy's, you know, ish, you know, the Tammy thing was going on that, you know, the, her our dad wasn't her dad at the time. She hadn't figured it out yet. It's a couple of years ago. And um, so I said, you know, hey, guys, I got to tell you something. And my youngest sister got up, started bawling. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. And I'm like, don't say what? Don't say he's not your dad. He can't handle it. He can't handle it. Not you too. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, it was so bizarre. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I have cancer. <laughs> like, it was just so out of nowhere. Like, no one had ever said anything like that ever. And she still claims, now that she knows all the information, that it was because we had been talking about it about Tammy. And I'm like, that's a huge jump, Tanya. <laughs> so I feel like on some level she knew, right? On some level. So I did the, you know, the 23andMe, sent it off. And and also I, I will say this. I tell this story saying that I wanted to have Tammy, you know, something for her to compare to because we had the same mom at different dads. But my sister Candy was already on there. So I have two half sisters from my mom. Well, I thought one was full. And then, you know, the the child my mom had from her second marriage, which is way younger than me, but she um she's on 23 and me. So I didn't really need to do it, right? But so I, you know, convinced myself to do it. So so I remember the day clearly, it was September 19th of last year, Lily. I had played soccer like I do most Sunday mornings and you know, I had kind of gotten into the 23andMe thing, you know, while I was waiting for the test results to come back. And I'm very impatient. <laughs> and so I checked every five minutes. But so I had found, I love the podcast Freakonomics. And he had an old episode where he interviewed the CEO of uh, 23andMe. So I was listening to it. So I listened to it on the way to soccer. And then I was listening to it on the way back. And on the way back, she was talking about people that find surprises in their DNA. And I was like, I swear to God, I was like, oh, those poor people. So 15 minutes later, after having that thought, I got an email from 23andMe. And I've heard a bunch of people on your podcast say it was a Sunday. So I wonder if they sent out the results a lot on Sunday. But so I get the results. First thing I do, I go on and look how, I th- I th- they lump them together, I think. Or no, they just do Norwegian separately. I don't know. Whatever it is, I'm I'm 0.7% Norwegian. And I'm like, here we go again. What the F? These guys obviously don't know what they talk about. You know, people move to Norway and they mess up the gene pool. Like, they don't know what they're do- talking about. And and then I click on the family, um, DNA relatives, and there's two half-sisters on there. So, so let me say four half-sisters, because the two that I expected to be on there. And there were two half-sisters I'd never heard of. And whew, it's like my world just, you know, I've heard so many people try to explain it on the show, Lily. And I don't know if I can do it justice, how that feels in that moment. Like, 
like it feels like your feet aren't touching the ground anymore, but not because you're floating, right? <laughs> it's because the ground's not there any longer. And I, uh, I mean, I was just in shock. I, I immediately went to, oh my God, how did my mom have kids? And I didn't know about it because they were both younger than me. There was one was born in 67 and I think the other one was 69 and I was born in 65. So they were both younger than me. And I'm like, wait a minute, like that doesn't make sense. And um, then I was, oh my God, my dad must've gotten some other woman pregnant. And I, I can't remember how I ruled that out. Like, you know, this is all going on in my head. My wife wasn't home. Um, and so it was just like trying to sort it out. And I, and I'm telling you, Lily, the last conclusion I came to based on every, all the evidence in front of me, especially the Norwegian, the last conclusion I came to that my dad wasn't my dad. You know, I have the same color eyes as him. Like I have the split between our front teeth, you know, uh, like him. And, and it was just, when I finally came to that conclusion, oh my God, my dad's not my dad. And I, I um, sent my wife a text saying my dad's not my dad. And she was she does a Sunday morning brunch with girlfriends every Sunday. And she ignored it because she thought I was, he posted something stupid on Facebook. And I was saying, oh, he's not my dad. You know what I mean? And so she ignored it. And meanwhile, I'm like freaking out. And um, so I, I look at their names and start looking on Facebook. Um, I could only find one of them right away. She was from Arizona. And the other one I mentioned, I think they they were all from like their their people were all from the Southwest, Texas, New Mexico, and uh Arizona. So I, there was no clear connection. I think that's how I ruled my dad out because they were both from the Southwest and I would have known had he like gone down there and gotten somebody like he didn't mess work. He's not that guy. And he never went like <laughs> in a perfect, very Norwegian farmer way. His idea of vacation in the summer was to go back to the farm in Iowa and help his dad and brother bail hay, which guess who got to go do that on my vacation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, so I think that's how I came to that conclusion, but I don't remember the order of events cause I was in shock, but I, I found the other one on Facebook cause I, I'm a super sleuth and I found she doesn't go, she goes by her middle name, which I do too. And I like found a thing where she had like the certificate in this old Facebook and I zoomed in and, and saw that her name on 23andMe was Virginia. She doesn't go by Virginia. And so I zoomed in and saw, it said V, you know, period Rochelle, blah, blah. blah. So then I knew she was the one. And, um, so finally I called my wife and said, Hey, honey, I'm freaking out here. She's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, my dad's not my dad. I have two half sisters. And she was like, oh, my God, honey, I'll be right home. Um, so anyway, you know, it's so, you know, getting back to the, I got so lucky, right? Like that I'm a lucky guy. Like I always just, I'm lucky. And so I sent these two half-sisters the same message on faith, 23andMe. First of all, I didn't understand 23andMe. I didn't realize that they were going to get the message without seeing what I was seeing, right? That it would go to their emails. <laughs> I sent them this cryptic message that they all still laugh about. But it was like, I found out today, my dad's not my dad. 
let me guess, your father was in the Air Force and stationed in Arkansas in 1965. That was the whole complete message, <laughs> which they got in their, one of them got in her emails, like, what the hell is this? Um, I mean, once she signed on to 23andMe, she, you know, saw that we were half siblings. And I ended up talking to both of them the same day. And they were lovely. They were like, oh, my God, but just wait. There's two more. There's four of us. And I was like, you know, um, I don't know. You know, something people don't talk about too much on your show. And actually, the woman today, I was listening to the one today. So it's the episode 125. She mentioned it a little bit. But but it maybe it, it's not the same for everybody else. But for me, finding out was exhilarating. I mean, it was such a rush. And, and, and you know, and for me, you know, I had – um, a pretty good experience. Like I wasn't rejected, right? And so that helps a lot in that regard, I'm sure. But also it explained everything. I've heard many people talk about that on your show. It explained everything about my childhood, that feeling like I was in the wrong family. Guess what? You know, I was. Um, you know, I mean, I it was equally my mom as my sisters, you know, but um, but I I inherited my personality my athletic ability and, you know, being good at school from my dad, my bio dad, who died in 2010 of alcoholism as six, I think he was 61, um, had been told for years and years and years he needed to quit drinking because his liver was bad and he, it finally killed him at 61. Um, but anyway, they, it was exhilarating with these sisters and, but at the same time, um, I was so finding out my dad wasn't my dad, like put this hole in my gut that had been gone for so long that I had always tried to fill that was now filled. I felt and it was back. And the only thing that could fill it were these four new sisters, which I knew was not healthy. Right. I didn't want to put that on them. But um, so, so I, I, I mean, I am not going to say I played my card close to my chest at all because that's not what happened. I was out there and I was like talking to them. I was wanting to be a part of their lives right away. And I, um, you know, but but I didn't put the neediness on them. Um, I felt it, but I didn't put it on them. So in the perfect MPE irony, I don't know if that's really irony, but I have <laughs> wound up with two sisters named Tammy, of course. and so. Thank goodness they spell it differently. So Tammy with an I is the new one. And she's the youngest of the four sisters. So they're all four. I don't know if I said this, full siblings. They were born four of them within five years. And um, and they're known as the Blair girls around Arizona. But um, they, uh, so Tammy, I zoomed with her and her daughter. And I hit it off with all of them, but she and I really connected. and. And it has continued. Um, she, at first we talked every day. She lives in Mexico. She owns a real estate company down there. Um, and, you know, you know, one thing, I helped somebody find a half-brother. It's going to be in episode three of my podcast. <laughs> but they, um, but I told her immediately, I'm like, get your mate involved, right? Like, don't, because it's weird for 
like my wife, who's an amazing wife with no insecurities whatsoever, but it was, it's weird for her that all of a sudden I'm giving my energy to these four women that I've never met. Right. And, um, and so what I did to combat that is like we zoomed with Tammy and her husband or her fiance. They're not married. They're getting married in November. And guess who's walking her down the aisles, Lily? Who? Me. No way. Oh, yeah. Don. Oh, yeah. It's sweet. Yeah. And so I just want to mention real quick. So she she was traveling the first couple of days. She like had to go to a wedding in some other part of Mexico and she had to come she was in Arizona, like doing business there. And so during that time, she said, and, <laughs> and they're episode two. So in my podcast, episode two is about them. And I let, instead of me telling my story, because I wanted to save it for you, Lily, I let Tammy tell her story, how she grew up. And, you know, but so, and she talks about this on there is that she wrote in her journal all the stuff. And she was just crying all the time because it was cathartic for her because, you know, I'll let her tell her story, but, um, like she used to say the day her dad died was the best day of her life. And, and, and she's not a cruel person or anything, but you'll understand he was a horrible alcoholic and, um, but it released her. And so, but all of a sudden I was there in, in their life and they were telling me the good things about their dad. Right. They had forgotten about that. And they told me about times they went camping and all these little things that he would do. And just like, so it was cathartic for them. And, um, you know, it was really like the perfect storm. Like their dad didn't cheat on their mom. He was dead. Um, and they didn't have any brothers, right? Or no, they, they their dad didn't have any brother or son. They ended up having a half brother on their mom's side she, on her second marriage. But anyway, so Tammy wrote in her journal and then she sent it to me, a picture of it. And on there, it said, I hope, I hope you want to be my brother as much as I want to be your sister. And it cracked me open. It still does, obviously. And. I wrote her back and said, there is no friggin' way <laughs> you want that more than I do. And, you know, when we've, you know, we talk all the time. We text at least once a day, multiple times a day. I, we've gone to visit them. Um, and, and, you know, and her fiance says, he's like the female version of you. And, you know, and I've said, like, she's like the missing piece, like the other half of me, like I really feel so connected and we're so similar and we have the same sense of humor. There's like blah, 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 blah. And, um, you know, and so <laughs> this is something so funny, Lily. So her husband or fiance is, uh, Carlos. He's totally Mexican. He's been, his family's been, you know, his, his surname is actually French because, you know, they were French settlers there as well as Spanish, but, but he looks Mexican, dark complected, dark hair. You know, he has indigenous blood. He's a, you know, European indigenous mix, which is what, you know, um, I think when we say Mexicans, what we mean, um, you know, he's probably more European, but, um, but anyway, his family's been there since the 1700s. This guy, after, since then, Tammy and her other sister, Kimberly, 
who lives here in California, have both done their DNA. So they're on there. So Carlos did it too. And Carlos, whose family has been in Mexico since the 1700s, is more Norwegian than I am. <laughs> like, like, how bad is that? That's oh horrible. But I'm more French than he is. So, um, you know, there. But like, it's just incredible. And I have to say, not being Norwegian has been the toughest part of this. I mean, it's heartbreaking to me. Like my identity was so tied up in not, you know, and being Norwegian. Like I felt Norwegian. The people looked like me. I, you know, I watched, Nor- you know, Scandinavian Nor were my favorite TV shows. Like I read Norwegian books translated, of course. Um, and to find out that I'm not Norway, Norway, Norwegian, I mean, it just, it just broke my heart. It's been the hardest part of all this. So we found out who Tammy's dad was because after that, Tammy with a Y, um, after, you know, the half-sister we found, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I found out about my situation. So we decided just to rip the scab off. And um, we had a Zoom with my mom. She lives with my sister, Candy, in North Carolina. And Candy was like, who's much closer to my mom than either Tammy or I. And I have to say, she had a way different childhood than Tammy or I. Um, you know, the horrible stepdad was Candy's dad, but he they divorced when she was five, and my mom got married to a pretty decent guy. And so Tammy had, or Candy had a way different childhood than Tammy and I. So um, but anyway, she got, they got on a Zoom, and, um, and we told her. Tammy told her first, it's not the guy you told me it is. It has to be this guy, blah, blah, blah. And eventually she admitted it. She was crying. And then, you know, after, like, she, Tammy knew she wasn't, this guy wasn't, my dad wasn't her dad, right? She knew it. And my mom was still not coming up with giving her the name. And it was just, you know, I I still don't know why. But with me, she admitted it right away. I mean, not right away, but in that phone call. And she said, until later she told me she met him at a party. There was lots of alcohol involved. And, you know, and that's all she would say. And I've tried to talk to her about it since then. And um, and I have to say, Lily, so when I interview my sisters and, and a lot of people on your show, they talk about, you know, oh, my dad was a player. You know what I mean? Like, I really <laughs> tried pushing, instead of calling us MPE, call, you know, calling us MGA, Mama Got Around. <laughs> <laughs> But it didn't catch on, Lily. <laughs> and so, but like, I'm not mad at my mom at all. Like, I like, yeah, so anyway, I was saying in my interviews with my new sisters, they were saying that, oh, our dad was a player, you know, he was a big flirt. And it's like, I, you know, not that I'm condoning anyone cheating, right? But if the dad can be a player and a ladies' man, then why can't mama, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like, she, you know what? She had a fling 50 some years ago. She's a totally different person. Now, I don't I have no ill feelings about it whatsoever. Um, I have ill feelings about her not being willing to talk about it. And, you know, we had it scheduled that she was coming to visit. She's <laughs> never been out here since I've been married to Lisa. So she, my mom hasn't been out here in 24 years to California. And so she had scheduled a visit. Meanwhile, I found out after she scheduled the visit. I took her up to Big Sur one day and I would just try to talk to her about him. Like, mom, I know it's a lot of shame for you, but it's my dad. Like, I want to know more. Like, were you guys in love? 
like like was it like oh my god if i could just be with this guy but he was shipping out the next day in the air force and she just wouldn't talk about it although she did <laughs> this is so my mom lily she said to me you know what i just want to tell you i've had a couple sleepless nights about this <laughs> No, like, how are you doing, son? Are you having yep. sleepless nights? As we all know, I had like yeah. a month of sleepless nights, mom. Not that you asked. Um, but, you know, I, I'll say it real quickly. So I started going through your podcast. And I know I talked to you about this and just getting data, right? Because I wanted to find out like how I got so lucky to have these four amazing half sisters that have welcomed me into their life and like how other people don't. I was trying to find a reason. And so I had like, was the dad alcoholic? Was mom alcoholic? Did dad cheat? Did mom cheat? Were they married? Was dad deceased now? Is mom deceased now? Like just data points that you could get from people telling their story. One of them, the only consistent one, 99% of them, and I, I, I didn't finish it, um, and oh, I was looking for alcoholic. I thought there was, I've started listening to your podcast. I'm like, oh my God, almost everybody has alcoholism. But actually, if you go through in data, it's not true. Like, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot, but, but it's, um, you know, but the only consistent thing, the only consistent thing, I'd say 99% was mom has narcissist traits. Mm. And I know your mom has those traits and my mom has those traits, but it's just so interesting, right? And I don't know. I mean, could that be that, like, like reason I was attracted to taking the data from your, you know, because you're, the wonderful thing about your podcast is you just let people tell their story and you just sign up and you put us on a list and we tell our story. So it's pretty raw data, except for the fact that who tell, who chooses to tell their story, right? Like, um, you know, cause in the beginning it was only people that had really positive experiences. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so I, I, you know, now I have survivors go in the MPE world because I've had such amazing, amazing consequences. I mean, talking about the guy that got lucky, I found out September, October in Bakersfield, California, which is an hour and a half from me. I had a niece, one of the new nieces getting married. So the whole family, including our uncle Dwayne from New Mexico, my dad's only, my bio dad's only brother came to this wedding. Like a month after, like some people wait years and or never, right? Like I got so lucky, and and Tammy and her daughter actually stayed with us when they were here. Um, my wife was like, "Don, you don't even know these people." <laughs> but you know, since then, and we've gone to Mexico and visit them too, and we're the four of us are thick as thieves. <sighs> we get along great. So you only found out just eight eight months ago. Yes, just this last September. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Eight months and five days, if I'm mm -hmm. counting right. And and Don, thank you for collecting all that data. You sent me some of the spreadsheet that was so interesting to see the similarities in people's stories actually tallied up in a spreadsheet. And I love that you have the Blair girls in your life, uh, a second Tammy, um, your four new half sisters. Now I can finally listen to missing pieces, uh, NPE life, because I didn't want to get too much backstory on you, but I have it queued up. And at this point, I should ask if people wanted to get in touch with you or hear more about your story, could they do that? And how could they? Um, yeah. So I, the best way to get in touch with me, I think, is if 
on Instagram, if you go to my podcast handle is NPE, you know, Nancy Pirate <laughs> Echo. I don't know what the military terms are, <laughs> but not M with an M. NPE underscore life underscore podcast. Um, you'll find me and you can leave a message there. Great. I will try to link the Instagram handle in the show description as well. And the podcast is called, um, it changed name. So it's not just MPE Life now. It's Missing Pieces in PE Life. And um, check it out. And what episode are you on right now? I'm. What episode am I, am, am I on that you just recorded with us? You're going to be episode four. So episode three comes out. I'm doing it every Friday. Do you just do it ram- randomly? I record every week and I don't have a set date that I publish, but I have one episode a week. Oh my God. So I'm putting all this pressure on myself to get it. every Friday. So I try to do every Friday. And um, so episode three will come out this Friday. Um, the, what is 27th? I think it's going to be. And I think your episode is going to be the third of June. If I have the date right. Um, and it's going to be the fourth episode because there were four women. And four questions. Four good questions. You got us good on those. <laughs> oh, Don, thank you so much for sharing this and sharing your story today. I I appreciate it enormously. And I'm I'm so glad you're you're so active in the community and organizing things and and thank you. Thank you, Lily. And like I said, it your podcast has meant the world to me, seriously. These stories are here for us to identify with. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, email npestories at gmail.com. You do not have to give any identifying information. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, I'd like to hear from you. Subscribe to this podcast to hear more. Come heal with us.